Joining us today on the phone on the Florida Keys Weekly Show, we have the one and only talented Oliver Wood of the Wood Brothers. Uh, they'll be joining us here in Key West on December 4th. That's a Saturday show at the Key West Theater. Oliver, can't be more excited to have you uh, and honored to have you join us on the show today. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, we are, you are following, following up another interview we just did last week with a guy that knew you, and we did not prompt this, so I'll start the show out with this. We asked Derek Trucks, yes. who does he listen to? Like, who, 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 what kind of, we'll ask you that question later because it's a cliche question we all love to ask you guys, but we asked him, who do you like to listen to when you're just jamming out in the car? He didn't have a lot of great, you know, he, he wasn't rude, but he said, you know, some of the new stuff I don't, I don't get into. He goes, but Susan and I, Sue and I really love the Wood Brothers, and I thought, I know you know those guys, I know you play with them, but I thought, what a cool compliment, being that you guys all kind of run in the same circles, and that was the first name yeah. that came out of his mouth. Very sweet. He would be uh, one of my first names as well. That, you know, those people are awesome and make some just timeless, wonderful music, which I think that's what we're all fans of. Right. Well, and I know, I know they feel the same, so I'll ask you the same question, too. You're going to be here in Key West. Oliver, um, have you been to Key West before? And if not, uh, is this a first time? What's what's this Key West trip for you? Well, I'll tell you what. It'll be, I, I have been to Key West. It's been probably 20 plus years. Um, I used to live in Atlanta. I live in Nashville now. But um, before there was the Wood Brothers, I had a band out of Atlanta called King Johnson. Yep. And we would, uh, we toured mostly regionally. Uh, in the southeast, but we did make a few trips all the way down to the Keys, and we used to play like maybe a residency down at the is it the Green Parrot? Is that still a place? You know it absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so I remember some fun, uh, some fun nights where, or just times where we would stay down there for a few days. But I've never, I've not been down there for a proper show like with the Wood Brothers and. Um, and uh, I've always wanted to go there just to hang out and vacation and bring my family, but that's not happening. Well, it's going to be a little different at the Key West Theater, a little larger venue, but not a huge venue. And I know you guys play everything from, you know, uh, festival amphitheaters to, to what have you. Um, yep. Is, does this change anything for you guys? And for those in Key West who don't really know you as well as maybe we do, uh, what can they expect from the show and uh, how do you how do you really define your music for those who will be hearing you for? Yeah, I'm sure they'll check you out some, but for the first time. And again, sure. this thing's pretty much sold out, if not already. So you you've got the fans yeah. coming. How, how, what, what's sure. the message to them? Um, well, I mean, for those who are unfamiliar, I, I usually us musicians don't like to pigeonhole ourselves, but we um, we are definitely a band that plays. Um, I. I I like to think of it as a creative new take on uh, classic roots music, you know, mostly American roots music um, with maybe a touch of world music in there. But, but um, some people use the word Americana. I, I don't always love that word because it, it's, it, it doesn't include often things like jazz and gospel and blues. You know, you think more of alt country or something like that, which is also great, but I just don't feel like there's a, a single genre that that we completely relate to. And I think that's what keeps it exciting for us. It's like, oh, that sounds too too national right there. Let's uh, let's let's steer away from that. And so much of create you know, being creative is to try to find your own 
kind of your own recipe with a lot of the same ingredients that other people use, but like, how can we do it different? So, so we're playing like roots rock and roll, but it might be some of it's acoustic and folky. Some of it's just rocks really hard. Some of it's real bluesy or jazzy or gospel-y. Um, so yeah. it's just roots music. Right. So I, I, this is Josh. I just wanted to ask you a question real quickly about yeah. your arrangements during live shows versus your, your albums. Obviously, yeah. you know, do you do things differently on purpose? Cause it does sound like particularly in the live albums and some of the other stuff I've heard, you do things a little differently on the stage than you necessarily do it on the albums. Yeah. Um, so there's, um, there's different reasons for that. I mean, sometimes what you, when you're making an album, um, you know, you just try to make it as cool as possible and not worry about, Oh, are we going to be able to play that live or not? You know, right. um, sometimes it's just a separate art form. Um, and I think for us, it overlaps. I think we are able to play pretty much anything we do in the studio. We can play it live, but we may have to reconfigure it a little bit to, to make it more effective. Um, but I think the other part of that answer is that we really like to change things up. And, yeah. you know, we've been doing this for 15 years. So, like, playing the same song the same way sometimes you get tired of that and you just want to challenge yourself and like, let's make this song a, what used to be a, a big rocking song. Let's break it down and make it acoustic and, uh, or vice versa. You know, there's different ways to arrange things. Right. Um, and, and kind of connected to your previous question about what people should expect is, um, we got some really good musicians in the band and I'm not talking about me. <laughs> I'm talking about my brother who's a virtuoso bass player and upright bass player and it's, um, it's crazy to watch Chris he's just, play he's, he's so amazing yeah, to watch him he, exactly and, and he can do a lot of different things and he plays harmonica while he's playing bass and and we're all singing and Jono our drummer uh, is kind of unconventional in the way that he plays and he also can play keyboards really well and he can play them both at the same time he can play drums and keyboards at the same time which is another fun thing to watch and try to understand because it's ridiculous. So, I don't understand that. That's um, amazing. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it does, but I will say it, it does allow us to do more things than the average trio. You know, the way right. these guys can play a couple things at once and their sort of virtuosity and their take on certain things. You know, both of those guys sound like two guys at once. So, yeah. um, so, all so over, we got some secret oh. weapons. Yeah, absolutely, and and I don't. I want to talk about the band some a little more and what's yeah. going on with you guys. But I want to real quick because you're you're talking about not being pigeonholed as a genre. I am. I've been in the Keys for some time, but I'm, a, I'm an Atlanta guy from there. I know you grew up in Colorado. You moved there, and there's yeah. a lot of, and that's what I love about you guys. You really cannot pigeonhole you into anything, and I see a lot of those shades of probably guys you influenced and vice versa. Driving in Crime, Black Crows, Collective Soul, Angie Aparo, all these. Cool, cool things that were happening in Atlanta because of guys yeah. like you at the time and the music revolution there. I, I thought so. Um, but you know, there's a lot of soulful gospel sounds. Did some of that come from Colorado? Did you pick a lot of that up in Atlanta? I know Chris was up in New York. Y'all, y'all diverged back together. Um, sure. was that sound always there? Is it just, is there a piece of some, every place that's with you and now Nashville? How oh, that's, a good, that's a good question. I mean, really Colorado was not very uh, formative for me in 
musically. Like I kind of started a little bit late. And although Chris and I both played when we were teenagers and living at home in Colorado, that's where we got started. But we were mostly listening to records and, you know, we weren't old enough to go out and hang out in the music scene or anything like that. So it was really after that that I think both of us, aside from our dad's record collection and our dad's music, because he also is a musician that plays guitar and sings. Um, but really, like for me, I picked up, you know, I really went to school when I moved to Atlanta and I started playing in bars with older musicians. And that was my, yeah, that's where all my influences really sunk in. It's just learning from older players. Um, who who taught mostly by example. I just watched people and learn, you know, soak in a lot of um, southern stuff, blues, gospel, country, um, all kinds of stuff that uh, that I think of as you know, it's played all over the country. But when you're in the South, hearing it, and you're uh, there, there's a lot of traditions there, so. So I definitely got got a lot out of living there and playing with the people that I played with. And my band, King Johnson, was just very formative for me. We had a lot of freedom, and we also um, we also really, like the Wood Brothers loved all these old styles of music, but we also loved experimenting with them and trying to push the envelope. Right. So let me ask you and, about those experiments for a second. One of them yeah. is the chicken coop. <laughs> the chicken coop. Yeah. Yeah. So do you yeah. still use those at all or use it at all? Um, yeah. So, so, so there was a musician in Atlanta who was really one of my biggest influences. His name was Donnie McCormick. He said passed away. Um, but he was a fantastic drummer in his day and singer. And he always fronted bands as a singing drummer. And he was in a band in the seventies called Eric Quinty Tate, which was a, a band on Capricorn with the Almond Brothers and Wet Willie and, uh, Anyway, he was sort of like one of the guys in Atlanta that I gravitated towards. And in his older years, when he didn't want to lug around a drum kit, he started playing a chicken coop. And he'd actually have a chicken coop between his legs, and he'd beat on that instead of a drum kit. Um, Which becomes this weirdly American percussion instrument um, that... uh, that has more cool sounds than you you actually think it does. <laughs> um, a little hard to describe, but anyway, I did get uh, I got Jono a chicken coop to have at the studio. It's not something we take on tour, but we record with it quite a bit, and it's okay. fun because it has slats, and you can like clickety clack along the slats, or you can just beat on it and just get a nice woody, earthy sound that's not like oh you know like not some sort of ethnic drum or something like a djembe or a kunga or something which are all great drums but they're so recognizable and so stock so when you hear somebody beating on a chicken coop you're like what the heck is that sound <laughs> which so, I like it. Yeah, Oliver Josh is the only, only other guy that keeps a chicken coop in his, in his Kia so don't worry that's why he's asking that question but that's uh-huh. true <laughs> Got it. That's true. well Got I also it. my other question was about the other reference to some things that you guys do which is I don't know if I can say this on here but it, you call it a shitar yeah, the guitar is is another. Um, yeah, you can say that. It's just like a guitar, but it's not shitar. Um, and that's a percussion instrument that Jono and his buddy came up with, and it's basically a an old cheapo guitar that has been uh, reworked to just be a percussion instrument. So you just beat on it. Um, 
And so it's been sort of restructured a little bit. And you, there are certain parts on the guitar that you can hit. And he hits the side of it with his ring, with a ring on his finger that kind of sounds like a rim shot. And he hits the bottom of it with his right hand. It sounds like a kick drum. And once you put a pickup on it and plug it in, it, it almost sounds like a drum set, but like a weird drum set. So, um, so yeah, that's another um, sort of unorthodox uh uh, road we travel sometimes with the percussion. That's awesome. Uh, Oliver, I know we're getting up on like five minutes here. So just some, no some more, you know, I don't want to dig too deep into your personal life, but I know you're at the young age of 50 now. Um, how much different is it now? And you've got this huge tour coming up all the way from here in Key West out to Montana. I see it's jam packed with people wanting to see you guys coming out of COVID. I know we're all ready for it. Um, but sure. how much different is it now at your age being a father, um, traveling, yeah. do you get a day off and do some things? What's that like now and how different is it now than say 20 years ago or 10 years ago yeah. or is it different? It, it is. It's different. Um, I definitely, I love the music as much as I ever did. Like the playing, the music part, um, love it. I'm super in love with it. I also love the people that I work with, like this band and crew that we have. We have a four person crew and we just all get along. We're, it's like a family show. So it's very pleasant. However, I will say the thrill of traveling and seeing the country uh, for me is not strong like it was when I was young. And I've been on tour since my you know, mid-20s. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been doing it a long time. And I do remember just the first, the early days, just loving going to any place new and checking it out and, doing what the locals do. And I, I got to say, like, I have a day off today and I likely stay in my hotel, write some songs, take a nap. You know, maybe we'll play some cornhole. With it. That, that would be crazy, but we might do that. <laughs> talk, talk to a couple of jackasses. Oh, this microphone's interviewing you. That's right. Uh, call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, can I ask you one more question really quickly about some of the things you do? One of the things that's discussed a lot among musicians, particularly in the sort of area we're discussing today are covers yeah. and collaborations. And do you mm -hmm. have anything that you, that you look for when you decide to collaborate or go play with somebody or, I know that there was a lot of talk in the old days about people that took music away from maybe they were older blues players or whatever, but you guys really, you live the life, man. You guys play the music, you front for the people who wrote that music, you popularize them. Is that, does that come into play with the discuss with the decisions you make? Um, yeah. I mean, to some degree, I, I feel like, uh, you know, everybody's a teacher somehow. And so it's kind of nice to honor your teachers. And like, we'll, like I think last night we played, uh, we played an, our encore for our show last night. We decided to play um, an Almond Brothers song. We played um, Midnight Rider, which we have kind of a quirky version of our own that we do. And um, so you know, sometimes you're honoring, you're, you're honoring something that's so obvious. We don't have to say, right. This is a brother's song. Everybody knows that song, you know? Um, but it is kind of an unspoken way to honor something that influenced us. And, and I will say we really enjoy taking license with those things and making them different. And I think that's a cool tradition among, you know, yep. lots of people have played, uh, 
the same song for years and the dead might've covered it and the leaders might've covered it and the Almond brothers might've covered it. It's totally different every time you hear it and it's different than the original recording. And there's something neat about that tradition. Yeah. The big boss man comes to mind with that. You guys, you guys play that song really cool. I like it, but that, I mean, that's a Luther Dixon song, I think. And it's been played by everybody. It's fun. Yeah, that's fun. So, um, but anyway, I, does that answer the question? Kind yeah, of. I mean, absolutely. I, I will say, as far as collaborating, like with somebody like Derek and Susan, which we've collaborated live, like we've been on tour with them, and get we get up on stage together and and you know play tunes and and sort of share the language that or you know have conversations with this language that we all know and that we all speak a little bit differently, and it's really fun to to um, mix, mix it up. And, uh, and then in the studio too, like we've had, uh, I've worked on their records before they've worked on our records a little bit and just been guests. And, um, and it's really fun to just work with somebody that you admire. And, and a lot of the friendship is, is, uh, the sort of mutual respect. And it's really fun because usually you don't get to, you know, we're, we're cross, we're crossing like ships in the night. We don't, we don't get to hang out. So to actually be able to collaborate with one of your peers who are out on the tour right. most of the time, just like us is a real treat. So whether it's casually at a festival or more formally, like in the studio or in a writing session, it's, uh, it's awesome. It's like communal. You know? Right. So then I have one, one last question and you can tell me to just go jump in the lake if I'm you want me to. to. Yeah. Um, I know Britt's like, just shut up. Uh, the album cover, Kingdom in My Mind, I just, yeah. the minute I saw it, it, it reminded, it, I thought of Brothers and Sisters, the Allman Brothers oh. album, and I didn't know if there was yeah. any nod to that or whether that was just a coincidence. Not any conscious, no, not consciously one bit, okay. um, but I, but I see, I could totally see that too. So, yeah, I yeah, Oliver, first, I would never tell Josh to shut up. That's, but we, we both have to here shortly. Um, one last question. We're going to let you get on with your day off, Oliver. But yeah. you're, you're a Nashville guy now. You guys are. I don't want to set you up here. I'm just, just really, you seem to be what people, when they complain or have, you know, Nashville sold out or these things you hear, you seem to be, you are, and the Wood Brothers are those people that kind of give it its purity that, you know, if you look back at the greats and what Nashville was about, and I'm just curious, what's your take on Nashville today? It's where you're at. Um, do you still listen to people that inspire you? Are you sort of separated from that? And, um, and I just kind of want to get your, your thoughts on the, the Nashville scene and, and how you're a part of it or not, or not a part of it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Nashville, of course, there's a stigma that has, that's all about the country, you know, country and pop and sort of the big music machine. Um, and that's something that I always thought of before I went to Nashville too. Like, I always sound like, that's not for me. Um, and so there's always going to be that stigma, I think. And that stuff does exist in Nashville. Um, and, but that's not what Nashville is all about to me. And, and having been there now, I've been there almost 10 years now. And I, I am not really part of the Nashville scene per se in that I'm, I'm a family guy when I'm not on tour, I'm usually with my family or I'm in the studio. I'm not out going to see a lot of concerts or local musicians and stuff like that. However, uh, for someone who is, 
there's everything there. There's a jazz scene. There's a garage, uh, alternative rock scene. Um, that is awesome. So, I mean, there's all kinds of music coming out of there and a lot of it is, is, uh, much more raw and has nothing to do with that machine that we all think of as Nashville. Gotcha. Um, and, 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 and really like for me, the thrill of it is there's so many people there who are real amazing creative people and they live right down the street or I might be able to have coffee with them. And that could be anywhere. One from, well, recently John Prine passed away, oh, but man. like from the school of Emmy Lou Harris and John Prine, and then you have like Jack White and you have Black Keys. But there's, you know, all different genres. There are people who live and work out of Nashville. And for me, even if I never see them, I'm inspired just by, by all that. And when you go get a coffee somewhere, people are talking about music. Oh, yeah, we're about to go on tour. Or, yeah, we're in the middle of making this record. And it's, it's inspiring. It's just like everybody else is working on music and being creative. And you can totally avoid the music machine part if you want, and just be amongst the great musicians and writers and artists. Absolutely. Well, we have uh, Oliver Wood of the Wood Brothers, you and Chris, and the entire band. Can't thank you enough, Oliver, for joining us, especially before you get down here in Key West. There's a great buzz around town to see you guys. Awesome. Uh, and, My uh, pleasure. Excited. We're real excited to come down there. Absolutely. And anything as we wrap up, uh, anything, I know you have the solo album out as well. Now you guys have your albums, anything in particular you want people to check out right now or plug as we have you here. Oh man. Well, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, our, our last album came in my mind was just came out right before the, the pandemic shut down. So, so a lot of those, that music is still new to us when it comes to put playing it on stage and it's really fun. So I'd urge people to check that record out because we're going to play a lot of that music. And, um, and yeah, I have a solo album that I put out during the pandemic just because I had time to do so and we'll have those with us. And we reprinted our album called The Muse, which is, I think, uh, one of the more popular ones. It's, it's a little bit older from 2013. And we're since we reprinted that and we have vinyl and we're, we're playing a lot of songs off of that album, but it's sort of mixing up night to night, so. Awesome. Oliver, uh, we've kept you. I know you've got things to do, and I want to be respectful to that. Cannot wait to see you guys, and cannot thank you enough for joining us on the the Florida Keys Weekly Show here, and uh, hope to see you again. So, But uh, we're going to see you December 4th. That's a Saturday at the Key West Theater right here in Key West. Oliver, thank you so much. Thank you all for having me. I can't wait.